All right, hello everybody. Welcome to episode fifty of the Used Gamers. We're officially getting old. My name is oh, yeah. I'm going to be playing host this evening. With me, as always, are Jared and Chris. Hey there. Hey, gentlemen. All right. So uh, today we have uh, <laughs> a little bit of a tiny little game to talk to you about called Destiny Two. Don't know if anybody's played it. We've been trying it out. You know, it seems fun. But uh, first off, before we get to that, we are going to do our usual uh, talking about what everybody has been playing lately. It's been a little bit since we've uh, talked with you guys, so some of us will have a few things to talk about. Some of us won't, because we were not getting committed to anything since Destiny was coming out. But uh, let's just start off with Jared. What have you been playing lately? Yeah, so besides yeah, playing um, buttloads of destiny 2 i've been playing around with uh, a couple of the different things i have uh continued if you guys haven't tried this out yet playing clash royale that game is really fun um it's not life consuming like i've heard some people talk about but it's it's pretty good um and then uh, i spent a little bit of time recently on um ps plus uh, uh just a couple months ago they put out um oh, i'm losing the name right now of course um I'm totally blanked on the name of this game. Tell me about it. We'll figure it out. It's a game. Well, it's it's a, it's kind of like a choose your own adventure kind of game. So it's a it's a story tell. It's much like a telltale. It's kind of a story driven game. Life and is strange. Th- thank you. Woo-hoo. And which sequel just came out? Sequel prequel. And I've been playing. Yeah, I played through the entirety of Life is Strange. So I'll, since it's no time sensitive, I'll probably review that next next episode. But uh, if you pick that up. Um, I would, I'll tell you now, play it. It was, it was a very unique experience. And if you didn't pick it up, worth the money. Uh, I have, I've been seeing a little bit about the prequel coming out. I'll be very interested to check that out. So I did play through the entirety of that, but, um, yeah, it's been, it's been almost all D2 for me like lately. So what about about you, Chris? Uh, I have been playing a lot of portable stuff. So um, I've been out of town, I think, the last three of the four weeks or something like that. Um, so my Switch were get, was getting quite the workout. So um, I picked up uh, Sonic Mania, which I don't know if you guys had heard any of the buzz about this. Like somebody finally made a good Sonic game for the first mm-hmm. time in like 25 years. <laughs> it's great. Um, it's basically, it, you know, hey, let's take all the technology of today and let's assume we never stopped making the games we made in the Genesis and Super Nintendo era, but it had all the power of this thing behind it. So it was super, super fun. Um, it really fast, like incredible music. It's an interesting nostalgia point for me because I, uh, I had a Genesis. I didn't have a Super Nintendo until about 10 years ago. Um, and, um, So I played Sonic like crazy, but I never played any of the sequels. So a lot of the features that are carryovers from the um, the sequels are new to me. So um, it's a a lot of new stuff thrown into an old package. But it's just it was just a a sort of a joy, just an exuberant, fun, bright, flashy, crazy. Like the level design was insane. It's it's like looking back at it at an old game and you realize, Oh, this is not how I remember this. This, this is how I remember Sonic, which I'm sure Sonic was not like that where it was just incredible speed all the time. I remember like crashing into things constantly in Sonic and slowing me down and frustrating me. That's not this at all. So that was super fun. That was 10 hours well spent. I highly recommend that to everybody. It's on switch, (laughs) but I think it's also on PS4 and the other systems as well. So if that one pops up on sale, that's really, really fun. Um, I, uh, have been playing through 
uh, the new Metroid on my 3DS, which feels weird to have a new Nintendo handheld and be playing a new game on my old Nintendo handheld. Um, <laughs> it's fantastic. I'm probably two-thirds of the way to three-quarters of the way through. I won't say too much about it because, again, I'll, I'll review it in the later episode. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's it's great. Yeah, everything I love about those games. They've finally sort of made a Metroid that lives up to the 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 Metroidvania. Um, it, they've made a Metroid that's as good for Metroid as Symphony of the Night was for Castlevania. That's my opinion so far. So wow. really, really fantastic. Um, I wish it was on different system. <laughs> it's just weird to carry this whole thing around. But um, buy it again when they release the deluxe Switch version at some point in the future. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then um, I don't know if you guys saw this. I'm pretty sure I sent you a video link or a picture, but I'm playing a golf RPG. <laughs> what? I heard I about this game. Yeah, Golf Story. It's fantastic. <laughs> so it's funny because I have all these like silly little games that I bought for you know like the cost of one real game. Um, but yeah, man, I'm I'm just like scratching the surface of this, and there's that that weird. It, I think it's that same strange part of my personality that likes playing FIFA. Like I really like golf video games at all. Like I don't think I could care less about golf in real life. I have less than zero interest in it. But I've always really liked golf video games, um, and uh, it, this is a really good one. So if basically it 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 makes me if if Earthbound was about golf, or if it, it, Chrono Trigger was about golf like that's basically what this game is it's like two dudes from australia who just made this game on their own and it's charming the music is great the golf mechanics are fun if you've played you know nes golf or any of the mario tour golf just super super basic push the button once to swing push it again for accuracy you know like really easy stuff but it's uh, it's great i'm, I'm going to be spending a lot of time with that going forward and then um my final new toy is uh that i Finally got a delivery of my Super Nintendo Entertainment System Classic Edition is the official name of that stupid thing. So I touched a little bit of a lot of things last night, which sounds terrible in other contexts, but that's exactly what I did. So I, I, I beat my first boss ever in Mega Man X because I never really played that before. Um, booted up oh, Super Mario. like one of the best games. Yeah, it was good. Um, Super Mario yeah. World was the first game that I played on it. We, we talked about that before. What's the first thing you're going to play? I thought that'd be a good way to just see how it looked on the screen. Um, there's a lot of fun settings you can mess with. Um, you can put fake scan lines on the HDTV so it looks like you're playing on an old CRT. Um, <laughs> you can, yeah, you can put it in 4x3 mode or just what they call pixel perfect, which I think maintains the hardware's original ratio, which is not exactly how it looked on our television. So I have it just in the 4x3 mode. Um, you can put all kinds of fun borders around the screen if you want, but... It's just, it's so, especially the 2D stuff is so freaking crisp. Like, it, it, it's amazing how well that stuff has aged when you compare it even to stuff from, like, the N64 or GameCube era that just look like garbage now. Um, these, these games look incredible. I played quite a bit of Super Mario RPG, a little bit of Contra 3, forgot about how hard that was. Um, so, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's great. My wife just realized that it was under the TV today. So she's like, let me look at that dumb little thing. So it's adorable. It's barely <laughs> bigger than a controller. So it's, man, it's, it's crazy. Um, apparently these things are possible to be found in the wild, which is great. More than you could say for the NES classic. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll continue messing with it because it's just, it's super, super fun. So that, that's my review for that. Super, super fun, which I think is exactly what we were expecting. 
Oh, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's 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 great. I man, it's like all Nintendo all the time, and then this weird space game on my PS4 that I'm spending all my time with. So other than that, Mike, have you been doing anything else? Um, no, not really, because I, I didn't want to get committed to anything, <clears throat> you know, before Destiny came out, and so I was trying to have lots of family time and all that stuff because I knew it was going to be a huge time suck. So I kind of just stuck to to doing that. However, I did acquire a, a, a couple of, of new games that I will be trying out once Destiny has worn itself off. So I finally got, because uh, GOG had a bunch of big sales, which I love all their sales are great. But I got like uh, the, the the last Shadowrun game, the Hong Kong one. So I got to pick that oh, up yeah. for like five bucks. Uh, I also got uh, the Banner Saga and Hard West, which were two games that are, it's all three of them are kind of funny. They're all like kind of turn-based strategy. So it's just off of my XCOM kick. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, I'm looking forward to trying all those out and I'll tell you guys what I think about them eventually. But for now, we're going to move on to what has been sucking out probably most of mine. I'm sure you guys time as well, which is destiny two. Mm-hmm. So it came out. What is that? About a month ago now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, Jared and I have done pretty much everything there is to do for it. Um, and we, we, I have to say that coming into destiny, you know, we, we talked about it before, you know, like I was very skeptical about it from, you know, what I went through with the first destiny, then the beta came out and I was kind of still pretty skeptical because of what was produced. And I saw a bunch of videos come out and I really, you know, liked what they showed and I started playing it and I was still kind of iffy when I started and I was still, a little iffy about certain changes that they made, but I feel like they've all kind of grown on me. And I think I kind of actually like and approve of a lot of the changes that they made now that I've gotten to actually experience it. Um, it is, it is a lot, a, a lot of fun. So for anybody who hasn't got to try it out, the storyline takes place uh, not too long after the ending of the first game. Well, whatever you call the ending of the first game. Uh, but it, it all really has to do with this, uh, group of cabal which are called the Le- or the red legion so they're like the special forces of the cabal they attack the the last city and pretty much destroy it and take it over and they capture the traveler and pretty much cut off the traveler's light from all the guardians so you being one of the guardians your character and, and all the other guardians are cut off from all their powers all their abilities so you pretty much are left having to start from scratch so that's kind of how they start up the whole rpg aspect you're not you do get to play kind of the first level as, you know, a powered person, but you lose it very quickly and you play the rest of the game trying to basically gain back your powers, recapture the city, defeat Gaul, uh, release the Traveler, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, Gaul is the leader of the Red Legion. And, uh, I mean, he was one of the things I really liked about it. You know, they Bungie definitely said they were trying to really push story in this one, and I, and I thought they did a great job, especially with... Um, really establishing the enemy because in in the last game you, you the enemy was always the darkness and it was this mysterious antagonist that you you never really knew anything about you knew there were these other races that were also fighting against you but there was no really core enemy and not only do you have a, a like an actual antagonist like a, a a person that you were literally fighting against in this one but uh they and as part of the cutscenes they do on each of the missions there's also cutscenes that are just of him and they really kind of establish his story and, and who he is and what kind of character he is. Uh, and you even get to see kind of an arc to his storyline. So I thought that was all really, really cool and really nice to see. So the story was actually really good. It, it, it still isn't that long. You could bust through it pretty quickly. Um, 
but it was i thought it was fun i thought it was it was nice and there's still a lot more lore and things you can learn by doing other activities in the game um but uh jared do you want to talk a little bit more about like kind of the the open world aspect of it like you know we talked about the story now go into just when you're running around out in the world some of the things that you're going to be running around and doing uh sure so um the running around stuff is pretty similar um you know you're going to have some different worlds you can go to uh, like you did before when you're there there's going to be several things to do there's the um, there's going to be some challenges you can do in all those worlds, um, which will just come up on your menu if you bring up your ghosts. So doing and those, those are uh, replacing can, the patrol, or not the patrols, the uh, bounties from the first game. Yeah, yeah, and then there are still patrols. Although I have found really almost no reason to do patrols unless it's a challenge. Um, I, I, I find an area not to do a public event, I might pick one up, but that's about it. Yeah. I feel like in D1, I used to like do patrols. There was a reason. I don't really do them much now. Um, there are still public events. They have made a very interesting change to public events. Uh, besides expanding on the different kinds of public events they have, they do have more. Um, but now there's also ways you can trigger the public event to be called what's a heroic public event. And in those, um, if you trigger them the right way, it becomes much more difficult, but then the rewards are actually increased. So that's really fun. Uh, they've also added what are called adventures. Uh, adventures are basically just these tiny story missions that you can do. And they're on the planets. They recycle some. You can kind of redo some of them. Um, now, so see, like those are interesting. Awesome. I like the those idea are, of adventures, but I was disappointed. The one thing that really disappoints me with them is that the loot that you get from them is very, very low. So they're great yeah, to do great. when you're low level, but it's kind of pointless to do when you're low level because the whole point of when you're low level is you're trying to blast up to get to 20 so you can actually start doing the real mm-hmm. leveling. And that I really felt like the adventures kind of fell behind. Like I, ha- I have barely done any of them. I, us- I usually do one or two maybe when I was trying to level up. Like if I had to grind in order to get a level to move on to the next story mission, I might do an adventure or two, but that was really it. Or if I knew I needed yeah, to and that's what I did something, yeah. Yeah. Doing a lot of the adventures is when you know when you need to level up for the story. Um, do those then because there are other ways to level up, like just grinding public events and stuff. But you're gonna do plenty of that. Yeah. After end games. So. Yeah, it was just one of the few disappointing things because when I heard about the idea of the adventures, I thought it was great because it's these extra little kind of almost story missions outside of the actual story, like little side missions. So I thought, oh, that's really awesome. You know, it's gonna add more to the content of the game. Uh-huh. But I just I don't really bother with them because the reward is not worth the time that I have to put into it. Yeah, I think they have added something to the game, and if you find some of the right ones, for example, there was one mission that I did that um, made some suggestions that the reason the takers taken are still around is because there's now a taken queen, even though Oryx was defeated. So there are little yeah. snippets in there that I think give you an idea. There were also yeah. ones that. I made suggestions about really what the raid was going to be yeah. before the raid showed up. And that was fun when I was playing those before the raid had arrived. You know, yeah. it suggested what that was going to be. So I think there's, I think there actually is some stuff hidden in some of them that can be kind kind of interesting, but that's as much as I can say about them. Yeah, but no physical like loot or anything like that is going to be worthwhile <laughs> no. for doing it. And that's really what I mean is, is while the lore stuff is great and I kind of want to learn that stuff, I have to stop uh-huh. and think, okay, well, should I spend the next, you know, five, 10 minutes doing this adventure or should I just go do some public events or something that might uh-huh. actually give me the loot that I need in order to level up my character? 
Yeah, I, and I agree. I've quit doing adventures. Um, yeah. So other stuff, there's still uh, uh, our strikes as well, the Nightfall Strike. They did make a big change to the Nightfall Strike, which is that they're now timed. Um, you get a certain amount of time to do them now, and so, and they all have these different modifiers. Some of the modifiers are ways to gain additional time um, to do the mission. There might be things called anomalies you can destroy or rings you go through, or if you kill enemies. Depending on the week, these all change week to week. Um, I really don't like the timed aspect of it. That's probably the, the one thing I can really look at from Destiny 1 to Destiny 2, and I think I liked it way more in Destiny 1, was yeah. I liked that the, the Nightfall Strike was just exceptionally hard. And if you could get through it in any way, then great, you earn the reward. Now I feel like you have to try and rush through it, and I don't, I've never liked timed anything in any video game ever i've never yeah, enjoyed yeah. that i don't really like that they're doing it now i hope that one thing they do is they recycle these is that maybe every once in a while they have a week that it's not timed that would be exciting um so those are still there of course there still continues to be pvp in the crucible the crucible is now 4v4 which i was unclear about whether i would like that i i personally really like that i found that it makes you re reward skill much more of a randomness. 6v6 was a lot more just kind of running into dudes. 4v4 is a lot more... Well, I feel like of, really what they... Yeah, yeah, the changes that they made for the Crucible really kind of focus on, on team play. Uh, it's not as easy to kill players as it was in the first one, I feel. Like, everybody takes a lot more damage to kill, so it really is beneficial to be shooting at somebody with at least one or other or a couple of uh, members of your fire team because it's it's just yeah like taking on the whole team by yourself was kind of possible in the first one not so much in this one also with how much slower your supers recharge and everything um and even your grenades it's going to be a lot harder for you to take on other people so it's it's really best to kind of move around as a team and you know i think the 4v4 is to kind of focus on that as well me personally like while yes i think the 4v4 is better than i expected i still would like at least one or two modes that give you a 6v6 i just think that I, I liked the big kind of epic battles you know i understand if you want to focus on kind of the more smaller team-based stuff that's fine but give me just one mode like control or a new mode or, or even just a clash where it's just you know a big huge battle where there's tons of stuff going on like i just like that that's fun as well and i feel like you're yeah kind well of we'll see if you really like that but yeah because uh, we'll see what i've really enjoyed had, mainly 6v6 but then there were smaller ones that were 3v3 you know and, and that made sense because it, it yeah. gave you kind of both options and i really don't like how we'll this one in the pvp you're not able to choose what type of game mode you're playing it's you ha choose either quick play or competitive and there's really no the only thing is that in competitive there's only a couple of game modes and um it usually focuses on ones that are very, very strongly team-based, you know, where you have to be coordinating and working together. While with quick play, it's just kind of a bunch of random ones. But yeah, I just I wish there was a little bit more way for me to select what I want to play. Because <clears throat> there are certain game modes that I just I don't even want to bother with, you know. But I can't help it because they don't let me choose. Mm. I kind of didn't like that at first, but I found as I've been playing it more, I kind of don't mind. I, I, I'm because I like the PvP more in four v four. I don't care as much. Yeah that i don't get to pick and they didn't make a new game mode called supremacy we can talk some more about pvp in a little bit and then the um and then there, of course there's the raid so that's the other thing to do so um there's a lot of stuff to do you know there's a lot of stuff to do you have your weekly thing to do as well 
So, um, and that's really like the leveling know. up is, is very different in this one. And, and I think they did a better job in that, you know, they, they, it's still, there's still no light level. It's still all based on power, which is an average of your stuff. And it's not till you hit about 260 that you really start to slow down. But I found that, you know, now when you, most of the loot you grab is, is just loot. Um, when you grab M grams, there's a, a, a lot less of them to deal with. And also the nice thing is, is you can see exactly what you're going to get out of N grams. You can actually preview them and look and see exactly what's possible to come out of them. You can see exactly what power level that stuff is going to be at. Um, so it's the, as much as I was afraid that they were going to have N grams, I actually am excited when I get M grams now because I know exactly what I'm getting out of it. So I, I actually can have some excitement rather than anxiety about like, I hope this is going to be good. Um, also, you know exactly what you need to do in order to get those better engrams because there are certain engrams that are called powerful that are these are ones that are going to boost your your light level or your power level. And those are what you're going to need to look for, especially when you hit like 280 and above. And so you know exactly what you need to do to get those, you know exactly what kind of activities to, you know, because there are certain the weekly ones like the nightfall and uh, the raid and things that you know are going to give you those. So I think they did a lot better job in, in making it very clear cut on this is what you need to do in order to increase your power level. Um, so I did really, I, I, that was one of the things I really did like that they changed. Um, they also yeah. did, yeah. They, uh, There's a lot of things going on, but uh, let's, let's, oh, yeah. let's, hey, Chris. Oh, well, I'm sorry. You say you, what are you guys talking about? about the game? Oh, right. Yeah. So yeah, unfortunately, like, Chris hasn't gotten to do as much as us, but uh, you know, I, I did want to get. I was actually going to talk about the strikes because um, I know you did a lot of. Uh, you were doing a lot of the the, the playlists, so I was just going to say for you to give kind of a general your thoughts on the strikes and and some of the changes and some of the new things and. Yeah, it's well, it's interesting because I dropped out of the first game a lot sooner than you guys did, and I still have everything but the Rise of Iron or whatever that last thing was waiting on my hard drive. Which I, I don't know. I'll say that I'm going to go back and play it. I probably won't, but um, but I know there was good stuff in there, and you know, a lot of a lot of this game is for me comes down to sort of quality of life improvements and you know tuning the the, the performance in such a way to sort of maximize the addictive quality that I think is required of a game that has a pretty basic loop. If you think about it, you know, it's just, yeah, but, but you know, that's the true of Borderlands and that's true of Diablo and, and those games all share a very similar loot loop. But um, you, you know, since I am not in general, a shooter fan, um, and I find myself spending a lot of time playing this game. I, I, I look at it from the perspective of like, okay, well, what are the, what are the behavioral things going on in this that are like encouraging you know, re repeated use of this repeated time of this where, and it's funny because, you know, such a valuable part of this experience is, is the group part of it. Um, but there'll be nights when, you know, we'll kind of jump on, like I can see that you, you guys are both there but if everybody's kind of doing their own thing, I might be like, I'm gonna do my own thing too. Cause you're, you're maybe grinding away at your own little thing and you've got your own thing. If, if one of us wants somebody to jump in, we can always throw out a party invite. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it, it's really interesting. I mean, I had, I was very ambivalent about this going on and until like the 11th hour that I realized like, Oh, I, I think I want to check this out. Cause I started looking a little bit more into it. And I think I read one or two articles that were like talking about the, the heavily, 
sort of like like a really really heavy focus on new forms of single player content which i was like oh that sounds good to me um because there's always the part of you know of this game where if you fall behind the power curve or the light curve last time then you know you get a lot of catching up to do unless you have people who are willing to just carry you through everything and um so to see that there's a ton of stuff to play with on my own was great um and i think before we really got a chance to group up in any meaningful way, maybe even before clans were added to the game. I think at, at like at one point I didn't have a headset, but Jared showed up and we played together for a little while through near the end of the story for me. And then I at some point Mike showed up and you know, we did some stuff for a little while. So, uh, you know, that, that, that part of it is just super fun. And yeah, I mean, it's the, the I, I really like the single player stuff a lot. And um, I thought the story was pretty great. The cinematics look amazing. Um, I'm so happy when games that were sort of tied to having to bridge that generational gap are allowed to leave the last generation behind. So to say, okay, everybody's going to be playing on PS4, Xbox, and soon PC, so we don't have to dumb anything down to be able to play on the older systems. And uh, the game looks incredible. It, it sounds amazing. The music in this game is fantastic. Um, I don't. I don't remember ever like stopping during the first game and going. Oh, this music is incredible. Yeah, um, good music, but yeah, but not nearly to the extent of a like it focuses a lot on it in this right. one. And I, I thought, yeah, they did a really great job with that. And it and it's it's varied in a way that I don't remember for the other one too. So mm -hmm. there's there's classical yeah. pieces and there's the the driving space music that just sounds like a John Williams ripoff. But um, and I think another thing that this game does better than the first one too is, and I think this is a thing that that not enough shooters do um is to be okay with quiet so i i like you know whether it's you know diving into a lost sector or just you know following some aspect of a story mission where for a minute or even two or longer there's really no combat going on you're just sort of doing some exploring or some platforming because you know that's the issue with these people who spend all this time and money to make these gorgeous games and then the gameplay loop just drives you to try to get through it as fast as you can because you want to see what the next thing is or what the loot's going to be. So I can actually have a minute to like kind of stop and smell the roses a little bit. I think it was, was pretty great. I think this game does a better job of it. Um, my experience was also unique in that I played through the single player content, um, you know, just you know, in my living room, like as intended. But then the majority of the rest of the time I've spent with it has been through remote, remote play on my laptop because um, I've been away for work so long. And I will say up until the last few days that I was last on the road, I was able to keep a really steady connection that worked remarkably well on really terrible hotel Wi-Fi, which just shocked me because sort of the, the level of integration that, you know, something like this needs to have, you know, you know, multiple internet connections. And I don't know how the host serving works, but you know, I, I remember being booted out of stuff all the time in the first one. And, you know, the three of us can all remember really well how well the beta went for me, where I basically couldn't play with you guys at all because I was just constantly <laughs> getting kicked off. But, um, but I mean, we were able to do strikes. Uh, we were able to almost do the nightfall if I hadn't had to have been evacuated from my hotel room for alarms going off, which I still think is hilarious <laughs> that that had to happen in the middle of the nightfall strike. Um, everything's okay, nothing burned down, and I didn't get carbon monoxide poisoning. I just annoyed you guys a lot, probably. Um, but, uh, but remote play lacks uh, microphone features, so that was another frustrating part of trying to, you know, you guys going, why is Chris doing this? And I'm sort of panically sending 
like text to the chat to be like, I'm not doing that. This is this is happening. Um, so that that wasn't super efficient, but but I mean, you know, for doing something like just playing through the strike playlist for a couple hours, um, you know, I I would check in and let you guys know like, hey, I'm at 2:40, and then realize you know, relatively short period of time after that, I'm like, oh, I'm at 2:59. Well, oh, okay. And then, you know, to go to, then to 60, to 67, to 74, to where, you know, that, that stuff gets to be a slog. And there are definite hard set points throughout that slope where, you know, you hit 265 and that's a wall and you hit 280 and that's a wall. But like you guys said, they, there's definitely the opportunity to figure out how to work through that. Because I can remember being at points in the first game where if you had to balance the grind versus the potential benefit like it just it almost never seemed worth it to me um and so this you know since i can see these little incremental things going up you know uh, to see those numbers right rise you know to know when equipping the slightly higher number is going to result in a higher power number in the, you know, that big blue number up in the corner um even though i could be checking on that progress bar i never do uh, i just like to see when it pops when i'm not ready for it uh it's it's cool <laughs> And um, and I don't remember if this was something we were talking about before. If this came up here, you know, because of this clan functionality, uh, not only are you getting stuff constantly for doing everything in this game, and it's not always great stuff, but you're always getting stuff. Um, and there's lots of ways to use that stuff. And um, you know, there was a lot of stuff in the first game. I was thinking about having to look for helium and spin metal, and oh, that was so much fun. Um, mm -hmm. But. Uh, <laughs> But, you know, I'm, I'm constantly getting these, I'm picturing my hunter running around with these, like, big cartoon, like, cloth sacks filled with tokens. Because I have to turn, like, a billion tokens into all these different people. But it's it's a pretty simplified currency, and it works really well. But, um, but even, you know, even if I'm getting stuff that doesn't work, I'm breaking it down so I can give stuff to the gunsmith. And it, it all of it just seems so much more streamlined than last time to where I always, you know, even if I even if something results in something that I'm not, you know, super excited about, I can just remember that crushing disappointment of when, especially long-term goals in the first game resulted in just garbage. Cause I think I only went through like one exotic weapon quest in the first game and I hated the gun that I got. I just absolutely hated it. And I was so sad and so angry, <laughs> but you know, I've done four of those things now and all of them are pretty fun. And I think that goes to the thing that Jared mentioned about Crucible, um, which I've had some fun with too. And that's mainly because of the the leveling out that the game does to where I never feel like an absolute drain on my team because I'll do well every now and again enough that I'm doing, you know, significantly better than some people, which is great because I'm not good at this stuff. Um but even with the strike playlist and some of the limitations of other, some of the other mission objectives, like you end up getting, you get it to experience things that I think if you were able to always select exactly what you wanted to do, you might not do some of that stuff. So like, that's kind of cool. Cause I know that I definitely like some of the strikes better than others. So if I could just run those same strikes over and over again, I probably would. Um, but if it's constantly changing that up, you know, that, that's kind of interesting. And most of those things you have to do are not so long that it becomes a huge commitment. Like you can burn through the majority of individual things, you know, with one huge glaring exception being the raid um, in a relatively short period of time. 
I mean, even to fail the nightfall only took us 20 minutes. So um, it's not, you know, it's not a multiple hour thing unless you decide you want to just beat your head against it and make it a, a multiple hour thing. But um, the thing I was getting at before is the fact that this thing is is dropping stuff constantly for stuff your clanmates is doing, are doing. So I go to sit down to say, okay, I'm going to do this, whatever it is I want to do tonight. I'm going to follow up on this quest or I'm going to just go see if I can get another bright engram from leveling up past 20 and I've got all this stuff and I go, Whoa, what's going on? And I see that you guys have done a ton of stuff and I'm getting some benefit of that. It's the, the drip feed of gaming morphine from the first game. They, they opened that valve wide up on this one. And, and it's, you know, I don't know what sense you guys have at this point, you know, we're a couple months out from additional content you've now basically done just about everything you can do in the game. I have a couple things left, but I've done most of the stuff you can do in the game. Like at what point for you guys, do you set this aside a little bit? Is it the hard level cap? Is it when you feel like you've just exhausted the content? Like what are you guys thinking about that kind of stuff? Cause I've still got some stuff ahead of me and I'm sure you guys can help me with that. But mm-hmm. at some point, like you're not going to play this every day forever. Oh, no, yeah. I th- I think for me, a lot of it will depend because right now, you know, we do have a bunch of people in our clan. And just, I do want to say clan, the, the way they did it is awesome because you can level up your clan, which every time you level up, it adds a new benefit to while you're playing with it. Like you said, it, if your clan completes certain activities, like you get engrams out of it, like it, it, the game just makes it so much easier to get stuff in this one in a way, like as long as you, and everything you do does produce something, like everything is usable. So I never, like in the first game, there were certain things that, like you said, you did them and you just felt like this is pointless. Um, It's not so much in that. And that's, I think also kind of what helps me stay hooked. Like in the other game, there were times where I didn't really want to play because I knew I wasn't really going to get anything out of it. But for this, I always feel like I'm, I'm getting something, I'm making some kind of progress, even just gaining XP and leveling up. Well, then you get a bright engram, which you can use to uh, unlock cosmetics. Um, you know, you can get like an exotic ship or something, which is just because we're all like loot whores, so we just have to have it, you know? Uh, <clears throat> so I, I, I think for me, like I am, my main character right now is like 302, 303, and the, the, the cap right now is at 305. So, I mean, when I hit that, I think I'll probably not really be doing a whole lot with that character, except for maybe just running stuff to unlock the clan engrams for my lower characters. But I do also have, I have created a character for each class. So I have lower ones. Um, So to some extent, I think once I hit the cap with my main character, I will slow down a little bit. But as long as I have one of the best things about destiny, one of the best things always about destiny has been the co-op play, the, the playing with your friends I mean, that's kind of made the first one, even with the horrible story and all the lack of content and everything. It was still so much fun, and I still played so much because all my friends were playing. And it is so much fun to play together with friends. Um, And you get so many benefits from playing with friends. So I I think for me, a a big thing that will probably slow down my playing would be when other people start slowing down. Um, I think as long as like a lot of our clan and my friends are playing, I'm probably still going to jump on every once in a while. I might slow down a little bit, but I mean, that's going to keep me going. I mean, I do have other games, like I just said, that I, I picked up that I want to try out and I might start to do those along with destiny at some point in time. But for me to actually like take a break from destiny plus by the time I get ready to take a break, it'll probably be December. And then the, the DLC will be coming out. <laughs> yeah, probably. 
Yeah, and, and I think for me, what's going to happening is kind of similar to what happened with Destiny 1, where, um, you know, already I'm finding that, you know, it, it is hard to, to power up my character much, uh, with the exception of the stuff that gets reset on Tuesday, right? They reset everything on Tuesday, and then you can get the powerful engrams, and you can kind of know that you have a chance to level your character up. And I'll do some of that, and then as it gets later in the week, unless I have something specific I'm trying to do, I, I started working on an alt, and I think that'll be kind of how I'm playing with this, where it, it comes down to eventually it's kind of like, okay, it's Tuesday, like Tuesday nights when I play Destiny and, and with my main, and then we'll kind of look at other things. Um, there are some things still, you talked about things to do, there are some things still to do. Um, for example, next week they're going to reopen Iron Banner. Yeah, Tuesday. And... Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, right. Tuesday reset, and um, it looks like they are actually going to do power leveling in Iron Banner. So it's just going to be a way to get some different kinds of loot. I did see the Iron Banner armor sets. Um, we don't know if there's going to be any weapons yet. So that's always something fun when they have like events and stuff, right? Um, additionally, next week they are going to release the um, prestige mode for the raid. Um, uh, which we're not even close to being ready to do. We just barely made it through a regular <laughs> raid. But um, a part of me knows that the clan's probably going to want to tackle that at some point. And if they do, I'm sure I'll be on board when that comes around. So, um, you know, there are some things on the horizon for my main character as well. It's going to be interesting to see with that too, because typically when they do harder versions of things, they add more modifiers. And um, I'm interested to see what some of those are, some changes that'll be in the prestige. I don't think it's just going to be higher power level enemies. I think it's going to be harder than that. So, oh, yeah. Um, I, yeah, so I have that on the horizon as well. So there are things on the horizon. There are things that are going to, I'm sure there are other things that will happen between now and December as well um, to get into. But I think what will probably happen you know, come another month from now is that, yeah, I'll probably be playing uh, Destiny uh, once or twice a week, maybe, and then playing other stuff in the middle of there. So, and I see that, I see that happening maybe even, even sooner than that, but I am interested in, in working out probably all the characters if for no other reason than, you know, it's a trophy. And, uh, and it's fun. I've actually uh, started a hunter and playing, playing through the campaign has been really fun, too. Like, it doesn't feel like just like this slog of grinding, you know, um, where I'm just like, oh, I guess I got to play through the campaign again if I want to get a second character. I really enjoy the campaign, uh, which, is, which is obviously a nice uh, change from the start of D1. I honestly, uh, you know, I, I think the complaints about the campaign and Destiny were reasonable, but I do think that by the time they finished Destiny 1, their storytelling was, uh, was pretty good. Um, so I'll, I'll do that. And additionally, too, there's actually going to be less grind for your second and third characters because although you can you can only really give them like one, well, you can get you can buy exotics from Zur at least to give them. So you could give them like at least one armor piece to have too. Um, but you can hand them weapons. So as soon as you hit level twenty, you can hand them like three super high level weapons and just shoot their light level up, which means that the next chest they open, any armor piece they get is going to be considerably higher. So there's a lot less grinding to your second and third characters too. Once you yeah, hit twenty, you can jump up to like two ninety, probably like right away. Yeah, he was so, two eighty something. I think very shortly after hitting level twenty. Yeah, and um, you know, so so those hard walls are not nearly so hard. The you'll, you'll hit a you know you you get, you get some nice jumps. You can get you can just throw stuff in the vault, and the other guy can go take it. So that's the other thing you can do. I'll probably do with my main is you know that'll probably be my raider. Uh, 
And if I keep doing raids and getting stuff I don't need, they'll probably just go in the vault, at least weapons. Um, but we'll see. I don't know how much time I'll spend with those second and third characters. And the first one, I really just love playing Warlocks with the exception of the fact that their jumping is terrible. It's still terrible. Uh, it's the worst one. <laughs> but with the exception of that, um, you know, I just really, really like Warlocks. And uh, I'll probably be playing my Warlock almost all the time. But doing these other characters is a little bit fun. I do have to remind myself, though, every time I start playing my Hunter, be like, okay, you jump differently. You are not going to float. But you yeah, can jump a third time. Yeah, it throws me off. So, um, yeah, I think my way moving forward will be, will be, uh, will be kind of like it was in Destiny One, a little bit different. Um, so we'll see. But yeah. I think some of the other things that I'm, I'm interested to know from you guys though was really what, what you know, talking about moving forward, what you're hoping to see moving forward out of whether it's events or or the DLCs and stuff like where you'd like to see this game expand to. Well, one thing I, I was just thinking about and I'm curious about is because, you know, with with the Taken King, they added in the third uh, subclasses for all the different uh, classes. Mm -hmm. So I kind of wonder is, are they ever going to add like a fourth element so they could add a fourth subclass mm -hmm. or are they going to add a whole new class? You know, it is eventually you're going to have to add something because that was one of the complaints about Destiny 2 is a lot of people said it's all just the same three subclasses. But it, it, they are yeah. and they aren't. I mean, they're not in that they totally redid uh, several of the. Some of them are pretty similar, but some of them did huge, massive changes. Um, the way you level uh -huh. up is different. Now you each subclass has like two trees for it, and you get to choose kind of a, 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 or I should say more of a cluster. It's got two clusters, so you choose between the two clusters. And um, they play actually very differently depending on which cluster you, you choose can actually have a, you know, pretty significant changes in, in how you might play that character. Uh, so I thought they did that really, really well. And, and even uh, especially in the, the supers, but then also adding in that third class ability really kind of changed a lot of the classes. Um, mm -hmm. You know, even you look at like uh, the arc strider for the um, hunter, you know, now instead of wielding blades, it wields the, uh, the arc staff and you can jump and spin around and it's a whole lot more mobile and it makes more sense for the character. Um, you know, the, the Sentinel Titan now, rather than just popping a bubble and then that's it, you can either pop the bubble or you can run around with a shield and basically be Captain America. Um, you know, they did a really great job. I've never seen anyone. Yeah. because well, it's, it's, <laughs> going to do that? It's really pointless because you can also bring up a guard when you have the shield out, you can bring it up in front of you as a guard. Um, and it does the same thing. Yeah. It blocks just about anything. So yeah, I, I have not run into a situation where the bubble would be in handy. In, in the last game, there were a couple of the raids or, or even in the nightfall where the bubble came in handy. That was necessary. Yeah, now yeah. Uh, not so much. Um, so yeah, I think I would like to see maybe some an addition to either a new class or a new subclass or something like that. That's what I would like to see. I don't think they need it right away oh, because no, I, I think the changes... The changes have, have allowed it to where I don't feel like I'm just playing through the same character over again. Um, but, uh, you know, it's it's similar enough that it's familiar. So I'm like, oh, I'm playing my Titan again. You know, it's it's nice to be back to the character. But it's different enough in that I, I don't feel like I'm just doing the exact same thing. But I think eventually they are going to need to add something new with that. So we'll see. Yeah, what about you, Chris? I mean, do you see yourself falling off of this game like you did? Um, you know, no, it's, it's, it's hard to say, I think, because it was a combination of, um, I think it was a combination of falling behind the progression curve in the existing content for the first one. Cause I, I feel like 
I, you know, I think about the, the, the amount of time that we went from game launch to like clan creation to nightfall to, to raid felt very fast this time. And I don't know if it was just that I wasn't paying attention to some of that stuff last time, but I feel like when, when raiding became like a thing, like it took a lot longer to get there last time. And maybe because the, the systems were a little bit more difficult. Like you didn't have a big group of people where you made, was it, I think Mike or one of you guys made the comment the other night, like this is so weird that the problem we yeah. have now is that there's too many people who want to raid instead well, of like, where are we going to get six from? Yeah. Part of that was uh -huh. when we first started playing destiny one, it was just the three of us. We didn't have a ton of friends. I, a bunch of my friends jumped onto destiny uh, really late and then they also had other friends that had been playing for a while so those are the ones that i hooked up with and then we were finally able to start doing raids right um like we didn't even get to do the first raid until the second one was already out so it was kind of pointless to do it unless you just wanted the exotics right um, we just ran it a couple of times just for the experience the nice thing in this one is that all those people or a lot of them that we used to raid with in destiny one signed on day one for destiny two and we formed a clan with them immediately and it made it a whole lot easier to be able to do. I think I did the raid by what? It was week two or three, which I was like, this is so weird. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, when we, were doing the raid, yeah, we did raid week three and then we just beat it last a uh, few days ago though, for the first time I actually went through it. But yeah, we, we were raiding. I think I might not even been, I think it was three. I think it was week three. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the, the vault of glass was basically the last thing that I did in the original game, which, you know, by then we were at least probably, I think the first two expansions had come out by that time for you guys. Oh, yeah, I don't, were, I don't know if Taken King was out yet. Um, yeah. But um, so at that point, it's just, Hey, come with us, go stand here, do exactly this. We'll tell you what, which is fine. Cause I don't, I understand the, the cool part of figuring all that stuff out. Like I, I get that. It's just not, something I'm terribly interested in. Like I, I want to see all the stuff and I'm happy to have somebody tell me what to do to help make it happen. Um, because I like the level of coordination that's required and that kind of stuff. It's just, there really isn't anything else like that in video games right now. So I just, I think that's amazing. But um, I would like to see, like you guys had mentioned, it would be fun to see some additional modes kind of sprout up, you know, that Fortnite has just added basically you know, player unknowns battlegrounds 100 person elimination mode to their game that could be a thing that could be possible in this game too you know <laughs> given the right resources i oh. think it would be fun like i oh, no, i absolutely. like i even as a spectator to watch you know last man standing of a hen a hundred guardians i think would be pretty amazing um i wouldn't want to do it all the time but no 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 yeah, that would be a blast it would just be yeah. fun but uh yeah i i don't know i it's hard to say what what would what would bump me specifically because you know if i look at the rest of the year like the the two things really standing out to me are mario odyssey and wolfenstein 2 um and i'm kind of happy to wait on wolfenstein a little bit because i don't feel the need to pay full price for that but um but i i mean i don't think it's unreasonable that i could you know this go around i could have already done like the nightfall a couple times and the raid before the first expansion comes out which Sounds crazy compared to how I felt last time. Um, and especially when I think about how sort of meh I was to the game generally until like the very last minute, which is which is an interesting reversal of the, of the first game where we all kind of got sucked in at the last minute because I think I had discovered 
you know, if we bought it digitally, we could get a free PS4 copy. And oh my God, guys, we're going to get PS4 someday. We need to do this. Um, like, <laughs> and that ended up working out really well. But um, mm-hmm. it's it's great. You know, I, I there are still little stupid things that that bug me. I mean, I I, I dislike the fact that. I have to that that the inventory management in the vault is still weirdly inefficient that you have to you know you can't break things down when you're in there you, you sending stuff there yeah. isn't as easy as maybe it could be um you know I don't have a lot of other specific complaints though, because most any other thing I can think of that frustrated me about that first game are gone now <laughs> like they've really just gotten rid of all that stuff you know it's still it, it, I'm still kind of having a little bit of trouble wrapping my head around, you know, juggling the right combination of kinetic and power and energy weapons at the, but I, but I like what it allows like that. Basically if I want to just say, no, I like pulse rifles. I just want pulse rifles that I can do that. And so that they're not coming from shared ammo pools and, you know, they give me the flexibility of different elemental damage. So yeah, it's, it's a lot of great stuff. And, and, you know, Mike will attest to the fact that, you know, we spent a whole night together, basically just him having to answer questions. When I went, why does this do this? How do I do this? How do I feed guns to guns? Why is this plus five? Why do I get a, what, why do I have a purple chest thing? And the power level's 10. All the rest of my stuff is 220. This is stupid. So having to like understand all that stuff. Um, and, you know, once you understand how the system works, you go, oh, okay, I guess I get it. Um, and, and that's the other thing that's weird is, you know, I look back to, 2014 when we played that game which feels like forever ago um and that i picked it as my game of the year not because i thought the game was better than other games that year and if i had to do it over again i'd probably say um that the middle earth game was better than destiny was but um it was because of the all of the weird stuff around it the social aspect the weird playground stuff of what is light (laughs) what I don't, what is it? And, and us having to figure it out. And I think that's if the, the, one of the only sort of bummers, I guess, about the sequel, and there are very, very few bummers. This game is really, really good. Um, is that some of that same weirdness is missing. And I miss that. Like th- there was a, Destiny 1 was a very strange game. Like it's almost complete lack of coherent story, you know, to have a really good bored actor providing the voice of my robot, which I still miss to this day. I yes. still, I still miss the Dinklebot. Um, but it, that game was so weird. And hey, let's go shoot into the cave for five hours. <laughs> like all that <laughs> strange kind of stuff, but it was just such a, you know, an, an odd thing. And um, you know, one of the things I will review in a coming episode is there's a book that just came out called blood, sweat and pixels by um, one of the writers from Kotaku.com, Jason Schreier. And he basically goes through in like 12 or 13 games of the modern era. Um, it's these sort of 30 to 40 page breakdowns of kind of the story of some aspect of these games. And there's a whole chapter on Destiny. And um, that chapter was published on their website as an article uh, like six or seven months ago. And it basically kind of breaks down why that first game was what it was when it launched and how many compromises had to be made that they basically had to invent the story in the last month before the game launched, which is just insane to think about um, because everything just wasn't working. Um, And then to see where it got with Taken King and to see where they're at now, Um, you know, it, it would not have been unreasonable 
from a certain perspective to say, you know, if everybody had raised their hands at that first game and said, you know what? No, we're done with this. This is stupid. And just said, you know, give me my money back or, you know, but, but at the core of it, there's always that really, really good shooting. Like it is a, it is a great game that way, like totally separate from all the other stuff. If you don't care about leveling, if you don't care about loot, if you don't care about, you know, story, which is now much more coherent and not on these cards, you have to read on a website. Um, you, it's just fun to shoot things like to see the little fallen souls leave their bodies when I headshot them the right way makes a great sound and has great visual feedback. It is very, very satisfying to do that stuff. And you know, the way different weapons crunch and it, it all of that stuff is tuned, you know, almost to perfection in some cases. So, you know, I, I just feel like there's a, there's so much that you can get out of this. This is one of those games like Borderlands, when you look at, even if you are to pay the extra money for the extra content, you know, to look at what you guys got out of the hundred plus dollars of Borderlands. And, you know, that's a, just an absolute insane amount of value. If you want to think about it that way, um, to have that much stuff that compels you to move forward and, you know, mm-hmm. It, it, and just to not know specifically what's coming, but but that's Jared mentioned it too that I'm intrigued by the fact that you know if we if we look back now at a lot of what happened in that first game, you know they were dropping hints for House of Wolves and they were dropping hints for Vault of Glass. So now when stuff gets mentioned in the new game, we're like, oh, what does that mean about the DLC? Oh, what does that mean about future content? Um, that's exciting. Like I want to I want to see what that stuff will be because. You know, I, I'm really, really happy with what they put together with. So I'm, I'm, I can't complain about getting pulled into it last minute as grumpy as I was initially. Like, what am I doing? I'm playing this game now, but man, it's good. It's so good. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's interesting. There was one mission talking about those little hints where, um, uh, I think it was fail safe who we haven't talked about yet is my favorite new character. Um, this like, I'm going to fight you on that one. Weird. You're an AI character. (laughs) Oh, favorite new kate is the best still favorite new but we can fight about it in a second but <laughs> drop this hint oh you don't like her we'll get there that um they they contacted the vex mind and in there was someone called osiris yeah. and osiris is a character who's kind of been mentioned earlier from destiny one and you're you know it gets my mind turning as to what's that what's that mean what wait you know osiris is a character we don't know much about but there used to be the trials of osiris which is now kind of morphs into the trials of the nine we're learning more about the nine as well um so you know those little hint things they've done in really good ways because and you know I'm, I'm really looking forward to what we'll get out of that you know what does that mean um, well, that osiris is in there with the first well, dlc like the it. symbol of it is the symbol of osiris so they're pretty sure that which is probably going to be remix heavy i can oh, assume yeah. based which off makes of sense too that. because the vex haven't really gotten a, a showcase since the original destiny you know um, mm-hmm. All the other races yeah, so. gotten, uh, and it, it yeah, a little more. Well, and it's it's interesting to think about it too, for the perspective of, you know, could this? So if they if they do stick to this concept of destiny as a ten year thing, um, whatever that means, if there's a new sequel every three or four years or less, um, three years, I guess probably if they follow the pattern, then you know, could each of those campaigns be just focused on one of those? existing races like i thought about this like one of the criticisms of the game is that a lot of the assets are recycled from the first game and you're basically just fighting the same 
there's really no enemy variety. And I don't, I guess I didn't really even think about it until it was pointed out to me because I don't Which isn't care. necessarily true. There are some new villains. There are some new members of each race or whatever. You know, yeah. like the, the Cabal have these flamethrower guys. There's, the, uh, yeah, there's new ones. It's not a lot. It's I mean, pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. It's the same. But yeah. it's also just so freaking But how fun. could they really change that that much in the, the, the same universe? You know, like if... Yeah. I mean, that's you could say that, but at the same time, like, are they, if they just brought in all new enemies, you'd be like, "This isn't even Destiny. What game am I playing?" Well, and you then know, it's like, you know, and I still have relatively fresh in my mind, you know, the you know what what did what did Mass Effect do, Mike? It really only introduced like two new races: the bad guys and the one super smooth dude in your party. And mm-hmm. you know, I thought the villains were pretty terrible. And you know, it's you know, you're not going to have the same connection to the other the races in a game like Destiny than you are in a game like Mass Effect, but yeah, it, it makes it. It makes and maybe that's part of it. It makes sense for me from the perspective of like, How well, this is a universe, so in a whole new race, you know, it's, right. it's not easy. <laughs> well, and it's it. And what I was yeah. going to say was, if if every sequel was then primarily focused on one of those existing races, like, there's a fascinating story you could tell there. Like, I, it's funny because when I found it out, like, oh, this is about the Cabal. They're they're sort of at least in my perspective, like they're sort of like the least interesting race of the first game. It's just these big Hulk and robots that I like making their heads pop. And I thought that was a lot of fun, but that they actually put together a pretty, I thought a pretty compelling villain with interesting perspectives and problems and, you know, loyalties that are not necessarily to his species and race because of his personal motivations and um, problems with that. So yeah, great. Good, good job. When you actually like put some, some effort into that part of things. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it. Uh, I, I don't know. It's, 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 I'm, I'm when I, I, I really have to struggle to kind of say like, what, what does this thing have to do differently or do better? And, and then I guess that ends up touching on what Jared kind of brought up. So we, we get, you know, we get meaningful NPCs in this game, which is something we didn't really touch on in details. I mean, not only, you know, I mentioned Borderlands before, but it basically copies the format of Borderlands Two and says, "Let's get the let's get the band back together," um, of all the characters <laughs> from the original game, mm-hmm. um, which is it's. A, I don't think that's a bad framing narrative. Like that's cool. Those are the only other individuals that you have any kind of connection to. So why not make them any characters? It's so funny because you know you've got these two very serious, very staunch characters. You've got the one goofball character who i don't know if they pushed too far but i just like nathan fillion so far so much that it you know didn't bug me i mean they just went full-on goofball comic relief in this game which they kind of did with taking king even from what i saw of it too but um so beyond those guys who are pretty much a known quantity i mean it's not we don't get too much revealed about them um but uh if we go to all the new characters, like what did you guys all think about that? I, I'll I'll chime in first and say I really didn't like failsafe at all because no. I, f- I feel like I already had my robot that I like a lot, and I said we already did a game with Tiny Tina in it, and I don't need another one. So, but that's the thing <laughs> I like about the different robot is the robot you have is like so confused by this new robot. Okay. That part of it. I liked a lot. So, okay. That that's, if I look at it from that perspective, the way your ghost deals with fail safe, I do enjoy. So that, yeah, that part of it makes it really good. That part of it does make it good. And I like the fact that he'll just, 
in that part of that setup of that stupid Vex strike, or not the public event, like makes me giggle every time where she's basically just repeating the most obvious things and he's just, uh, yeah, uh, uh. Like <laughs> stupid mother. I really do so like that. He's ghost. like talking through clenched teeth, even though he doesn't yeah, basically. have teeth at all. <laughs> yeah. All right. Jared, Jared just single-handedly redeemed failsafe for me. I, it's, it's worth hey. it for that. It's worth it for that. I feel so good. I feel, but, I feel like that's the character that flushed out your ghost too. I think your ghost has a lot more personality in this one. Even whether you like the voice change from before or after, the ghost was was a little bit of a dry character, and in this one, it's much. There's a lot more. The, 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 it's, it doesn't feel like a robot. You know, yeah, like it feels and, like more like a living character. And I'm am, am I imagining too that I remember my character talking in the original game? Did yes, I make that up? Okay. And I was just about to say one of my big pet peeves with this game is that the the main character does not say a word. They even make a joke about it in one of the missions, uh, where Kate is like, "Say something," and then you're about to say something, and the and the ghost cuts you off. <laughs> like, like I, I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I just I feel like why couldn't the character talk? And maybe I'm thinking I might have been trying to do the like, this is you thing, you know. Well, this I love Well, one of the complaints from the first game I think right, was that the not. character didn't talk, like when they they'd made like five lines or something like that. They're like, why are they only? But so then the the solution to that is just to not have them talk at all. It would have been nice if they talked to the ghosts a little bit. I like it if they talked to their ghosts because now it just seems like, yeah. yeah, they're kind of like a douche to their ghost. It's like, eh. well, and I'm pretty sure a bunch of times. Yeah, at least with the um, at least with the um, the hunter class, and I don't think it would be different than the other ones. That the um, the like shield break and death vocalizations are the same as in the first game, because I know I heard it so many dang times last time. <laughs> so uh-huh. that same scream she has is exactly the same. So I'm like, well, I mean, they could have. Yeah, I, I it, you're right. When it when it looks like it's going out of the way, it's because they even do that in games like Half Life, where the longer the series goes you've got c- characters commenting on the fact that you're not saying anything. So it you know, it does become a little bit of an in-joke, but especially for the increased number of cutscenes in this game and how you're basically made out to be this like Jesus Messiah character by every single member of the cast of this entire story to just uh-huh. be sitting there like quietly not saying anything. Just, yeah, it, it felt weird to me. It definitely like stood out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I guess I didn't really think about it that much, but as you guys say that, I think you're totally right, and we'll see. I mean, maybe, you know, one thing that, that uh, Bungie's been good at is, you know, hearing feedback from their community, you know, like you said, you know, Chris, about, you know, like, everything I hated about Destiny 1 is basically gone, and, um, you know, they, they're really responsive to that, so, um, you know, it'd be interesting to know if other people felt the same way, because if so, I would not be surprised to see your character start talking in the DLCs. Yeah, because I don't think that would be you know, out of place if they could figure that out. Yeah. And, um, and it was funny cause I remember you know, the, just the way that the weird integration of the story, I'm looking at, um, I don't even remember what his name is. The weird bad scientist guy. I was asking Mike, I was like, Asher. is this a character from the first game? Cause they're acting like I should know who this guy is. I don't know who this yeah, is. No, Asher's, Asher's new. Unless he was in rise no. of iron, but I'm pretty sure he's no, new. He's, yeah. As far as I know, he's new. Yeah. Yeah. So then we got a lady with a bird and a dude who drinks tea. So, yeah, it's all good. <laughs> I do kind of like Ashen as well. He's he's kind of funny. I, I, like, I like whenever characters play off of each other. So, like, like if it was whenever you had missions with Asher and Ikora, that was always really fun because she would just, like, explain what he was saying and just get really frustrated with him. 
Right. She'd be like, you can't, no one knows what that means. You have to say, you know, he'd say like neutrinos are quadrupling. And then she'd be like, that means that there's going to be taken around. Please explain yourself. You know? right. <laughs> and I like the- or when the, the ghost has to lie to him through the strike of what you're seeing as you're progressing <laughs> through the level. Because <laughs> he doesn't believe you. <laughs> yeah. There's a huge, you should be at a giant lake. I'm at a pit. Oh, maybe it's a metaphor. It's not a metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, That's definitely funny. the writing was was far better. The storytelling was far better. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, the loot system is better. There's just so many it's things that they did improve, and the leveling is better. And it's yeah, they they made a lot of improvements. It's very very small the amount of complaints that I have for it overall. I would say that you know they made a huge thing. I do not regret buying this in any way. I don't regret even pre-ordering all the DLC because I'm sure it's going to be amazing and. You know, at the very least, I'm just going to want to do it to, in order to keep up with everybody else. So, um, yeah, yeah. Even the, the yeah, and I think what I'm really looking good. forward. A lot of people to compared it to because a lot of people were disappointed yep. with the raids that followed the the first one. Everybody thought that yeah, Vault was the best. Vault was the best raid. Some people have said Definitely. that the Leviathan is is comparable to the the Vault of Glass. So, I think so. I think so. So I look forward to seeing how they keep going with this because I hope they didn't do the same thing in this one where they kind of put all their good ideas in the first one. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm really anticipating and hoping that there's a new raid with each DLC. That's what I would like. Mm, I, I don't to know. See, I, I think that. we'll see. Um, what, well, we'll I see because I think about, but they, spoilerish is the the secret or not the really secret ending, but like the, the coda, the, the credits. Yeah. I was going to ask you guys about that because that, that again just felt like, oh, this could be a mystery or this could just be content I didn't get to from the first game. Yeah, so, I don't think it's spoiler uh, to talk about it because it really doesn't yeah. reveal a whole lot. Because well, we don't really know. We're not going to know. It's it, We're just going to speculate anyway. I, I have a speculation. So basically, I don't know. Do we want to just say what happens? Just, yeah, yeah, do it. Uh, so sure. At the very end of the credits, you get this shot where um, – the traveler does something at end that sends out this burst of light. So the idea is, is that this could attract somebody, you know, bad. So you see the light traveling throughout the, the galaxy and then it goes across this dark space in space. And then all of a sudden the, when the light passes it, it like lights them up and it's these ships that are like pyramid shaped uh, and they start moving. Like they activate all of a sudden and start moving. So the idea is that they've attracted the attention of, of somebody very bad. So, <clears throat> The question is that I have is, do you guys think that is a new enemy, like a new race, or is that a race that already exists and this is going to be kind of like the Red Legion is for the Cabal, like this is going to be a new group of them? That would be cool. I mean, I would hope so. And then I have to wonder, yeah. okay, well, is this a teaser for DLC or is this a teaser for a sequel? And because so there's definitely enough space yeah. to do either in the world. So, like, I've heard speculation that it's the Vex because it looks yeah. sort of geometric and angular and, well, and you know. Well, and also in, in one of the, mis in one of the um, strikes, it's called the Pyramidian, and it's a Vex uh, strike. Mm. Um, also, the next uh, DLC is, is Osiris, who is very big into the Vex. So that's – everybody's saying that the Vex is going to play big into that DLC. So my thought on it is that it's it's going to be a certain group of Vex. It's going to be kind of like the Red Legion for the Cabal. You know, this is going to be the Red mm -hmm. Legion for the Vex, I think is kind of what I'm suspecting. Well, yeah, it'll be interesting to see because I think if that's the case, I think that might it might do kind of like the Taken did where it modifies stuff because a lot of the missions that yeah. involve the Vex, they were weird. Like there was times when your ghost was integrating with them and they were like weirdly 
cooperative and curious. Like it, 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 it was, it was weird, you know, like you'd expect your ghost to try and integrate with those. And they're like, that's bad. Don't do that. Which I, I still thought, but like sometimes they would like answer his questions and stuff. I was like, that's yeah. weird. So I almost wonder if this group, since the Vex are a hive mind with a new group of Vex coming in, unless there's going to be two different kinds of Vex, they could also change the Vex. Because if you grab a new group back, they are a hive mind. Or if a new, you know, how does that work? So that could play kind of to both things where maybe it's not, you know, maybe it is Vex and not just something completely different we haven't seen yet, but it could be a modification on that that makes the Vex very, very, very different, which would be interesting thing that they could do as well. Because they've been playing around with the Vex much more differently in this. In the last game, Vex were just bad. They travel through time weirdly and you need to kill them. And that's what you need to know. And now like, you communicate with them, which is kind of weird. They talk a lot about how, you know, their, their exoskeletons aren't actually what the Vex are. They're that little piece of glowing that's in them. Like that's what Vex actually are. They just happen to put them in these bodies, which means that they could put in lots of different kinds of things is what that suggests. So you could see a lot of enemy types, a lot of different kinds of exoskeletons. And, um, you know, it really opens up things. So, you know, we could, even if it's the Vex, I think we would still there's a likelihood of seeing some very different enemy types, even if it's not a new race, if what you're saying is right. And I bet that it is. I bet that it's a teaser, not for a sequel, but for DLC. Because Chris, I really think if they were going to tease a sequel, they wouldn't do it before they released their first DLC. And it seems kind of stupid uh, yeah. for them, like, PR-wise. So, well, and if think- you were to look at the, the cross-section of players who would complete the campaign for the second game in a series and then play the third game without playing any additional content for the second game, that's probably relatively small. Mm-hmm. Um, like if It'll people just- are, are in it at this point, they're going to probably soak it all in um, unless they've just been kind of touching that. Yeah. I, I, th- that makes the most sense to me. And that's also mm-hmm. from a gameplay and from a player's perspective, that's the most satisfying because then you're like, Oh, in a couple months we'll find out what this was all about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the other thing that I think is an important implication is that, you know, when the, the Traveler, we're just going spoilers now, right? When the Traveler kind of, when you beat Gaul, um, besides the fact that he's kind of fed a lot of light, and I don't think Gaul's really gone, um, the Traveler kind of expl- explodes in this light, right? And it almost seems like it's shed its outer shell in a way. And the, the Traveler has been dormant. And I think that the Traveler may no longer be dormant now. The Traveler may have been awakened, and there are implications potentially for that as well, uh, to including potentially having a mission maybe like in the Traveler or something like that. Right. Um, you know, so I don't know if that story-wise is going to be really important as well, that if the Traveler has awoken, that's different. You know, the Traveler, as I understand, if you remember back to Destiny 1, seemed to kind of have been like on its last legs, kind of made it to Earth, you know, these ghosts came out when it went into this torpor state and it's kind of like there to, you know, to protect the traveler until it could re- potentially reawaken. Now that's reawakened. What's that going to, what is the, what's the implications of that? You know, it, we, we, you know, we learned that the speaker, you know, spoke, he says to Gaul, you know, I speak for the traveler. I never said it spoke to me. So that means that we don't necessarily understand we don't know anything about the traveler. You know, it is called the traveler. Maybe the traveler's going to try and leave. You know, 
start traveling again. Who knows? Like, it's really interesting. Like, maybe the travelers just selfishly coming here to rest and needed something to take care of it. So it threw out these ghosts <laughs> so it could have these immortal guardians to take care of it until it could awake. We don't know. You know, like, there's a lot of, a lot of potential things that could be going on there. So um, wouldn't that be interesting if the traveler tried to, like, abandon everyone and stuff? Like, there's Let's a lot of things they happens. could do. So That's funny. Yeah. When you mention yeah, that, that would be cool. I think back to that super cool, like, one of the coolest pieces of content from that first game was that like intro cutscene where you're just regular looking astronauts walking on Mars who discover the traveler for the first time. That was awesome. Like looking back on it, that was really, really cool. So that's a, speaking of it, since we're into spoilers, are we supposed to assume that the speaker is dead or no? Yeah. I assume he's dead. I did too. It seemed like it. I mean, he didn't say later in the game. uh, He didn't do a whole lot to sort of take out the, those two big characters in that one cutscene. So um, I was like, I'm assuming they're supposed to be dead. And really, yeah, I'm pretty sure if the traveler is doing what it's doing, he doesn't really necessarily have a need to be in the story anymore. But Right. And then additionally, you know, the light had not been returned to the Guardians at that point. So death meant final death. Right. Um, so he could not have been, if he died, there's no rezzing him. So. Good point. Which is, you so. know, that's a huge hole in the story is, you know, the whole point of it is supposed to be your Guardian finds a way to get their light back. And so they're like the Messiah. But yet, when you're playing the game with all your friends, there's all these other guardians running around. Who have light. <laughs> so... Or, or maybe you could have, like, you know, I, I mean, I know you can't talk, but you might have wanted to hand those guys a piece of paper saying, "Hey, go to these coordinates. There's a piece of the traveler there. You'll totally get your light back." Yeah, yeah. And then you can, and you can, and you can super forever. It's great, just super forever while you're there. It's it's really fun. Three times, so it's not like it was limited to a one-time thing. Exactly. You do it for each of your subclasses, so it's not like this. Is like, oh, hey, yeah. I did this once and that was it. Oh no, I did it three I times. But I kept it for myself, I could have shared the other two with you guys, but you know, I didn't want to just have arc. I wanted to have solar void. You never know. What Nightfalls. <laughs> there, and there is a weird. There's some weird dialogue from the ghost in that too. He's like, "We keep getting called back to do this. What is going on? Why does this thing have more to tell us? This is what are we special? What's going on here?" Well, yeah, I mean, you're mm-hmm. the most special. Yeah, it's yeah, weird. That, that, that was about. part where I just was like, "All right, you just they're they're making a story, so that's cool. You got to suspend disbelief, but it's not like you didn't see anyone until after you finished the campaign. You know, like there were people all over." Um, that you could integrate, like interact with and, and stuff. So yeah, it's a bit of a plot hole, but you know, I really liked the story that they, they played and I'm glad they didn't make it so that it was like, nope, no social interaction until 20. Like that would have been pretty shitty of them <laughs> to do that. Just, just to add some more like realism to their narrative and a game that's so social that has such a community and that, and that you're right, Mike is so much better to play with your friends, right? Like, uh, you know, playing this game is fun. It's always fun. But when I sit down to play with the clan, that is by far my favorite experience to have. These guys that we have been playing this game, we played Destiny 1 with, and now we're playing Destiny 2 with, like, that's that's so cool. So I think as much as that's a little bit of a loophole, it was a smart one for them to leave in place in my, in my estimation. But I, I definitely hear what you're saying on that. It's kind of funny. <laughs> good times, good times. Yeah. All right. Well, so, um, do you guys? Do you guys? Do we have anything else that we haven't covered yet in this? I, I think we get hit it all. Yeah. Well, this is going to be a yeah, there's a lot of game that we cover in one form or another for at least another six months. Oh yeah. So it'll be yeah, sure. it'll be a constant companion, and it's another one that I'm super 
happy that I have a digital copy of because it's great to be able to just swipe right into that thing and just do what I want to do and just jump back out again. So Mm -hmm. thank you, Modern Machines, for being so powerful and doing cool stuff like that. (laughs) All right. Well, I guess with that, then uh, we'll go ahead and, uh, you know, end this episode, our our big episode 50. Uh, Hopefully you guys enjoyed our our little rundown of Destiny. Feel free to uh, leave us any comments on our Facebook or Twitter. Are are you playing Destiny? What do you think so far? Do you think it's an improvement or a lot of people think it's just basically an expansion off of the first one and are kind of disappointed? Um, just let us know what you think. Uh, we're always up for hearing from you guys and, and 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 being kind of more of a back and forth than just us talking to ourselves, even though we'll do that too if we have to. <laughs> but uh, for the used gamers, uh, I'm going to sign off. So my name is Mike. My name is Chris. Happy 50th, guys. I'm <laughs> Jared. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll catch you next time. Peace out. Bye-bye. Here's all I'm saying. Last week when you guys tried to do the raid without me, you guys got through one section and you spent like four hours just wiping. That was that oh. wasn't just you though. There we had like uh, we had these uh, two guys uh, that were just sucking it up. I don't know uh, what uh, they were doing. Uh, look, I wasn't there. You guys couldn't do anything. <laughs> I was there the next week. I beat the whole thing for the first time. This uh, this is all I'm saying. He's like all the information we have is that we know this and we <laughs> this know is the only thing things you're saying are speculative. No one knows those things. For Correlation those is causality. <laughs> it's, I think, what I learned in school. Nice. That's what they tell you in law school. <laughs> now, I'm no fancy destiny lawyer.